What is going on? My name is Taylor and this podcast is called Who Knows because who really does? This project was brought to life in an effort to create a space where it is okay to be confused. We all have questions, fears, and uncertainties that try to stop us from living. By talking to people with different perspectives, we can work to find the commonalities and differences that allow us to understand that not everyone has it all figured out, and that's okay. You get to create your own normal, because normal is bullshit. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of Christmas, they get eight crazy nights. Okay, so I thought since I sang a Christmas song last week or two weeks ago that it would only be appropriate for me to sing a Hanukkah song this episode because I have a lot of friends who celebrate Hanukkah and that was for them. So here we are again on another week of Who Knows. Anyhow... Here we are today. This episode deals with the concepts of wealth and privilege. And these are concepts that I'm going to be real with you guys. I only just started to become more familiar and aware of in like the last three years. There's been a lot of time in my life where I've been lucky enough to be pretty sheltered from a lot of things. Um, But getting out of undergrad and moving on to really being more on my own and having, quote, adult things to worry about. I'm not an adult, but let's pretend I am. Uh, But seriously, having to just, you know, get out there and like not be sheltered by undergrad and other things I was sheltered by, uh, it really forced me, and I'm, I'm glad it did, to broaden my scope of thought about so many things in my life. And honestly, a lot of that mindset came into my life once I met Maria my editor for this podcast, and who also happens to be my guest for this episode. Uh, So Maria is a freelance artist based in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And like I mentioned, she's the editor for Who Knows? Woohoo! Thank goodness. And she has her hand in a couple of other projects, such as Face Paint Magazine, which is a magazine in Winston-Salem, and She's All Fat, which is another really awesome podcast that everyone who's listening to this should check out. Um, And more importantly, to me anyway... She is one of my very, very good friends. So here's a conversation about wealth and privilege from two different perspectives. I think that this is probably one of the conversations that I've been the most excited for, for two reasons. One, because I get to bring you on because the editor never, I mean, I don't know any podcasts really where the editor gets to come on, but this is like awesome that you get to be here. Yeah. I'm excited to be part of this process. I'm also a little bit nervous, but I'm mostly excited. It's fine. Because I'm the I'm the fool in this in this <laughs> in this duo, and everybody knows it. Honestly, not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass, but when I met you, and we became friends, that is honestly when I started to realize that privilege was a thing. Hmm. Okay. Because I I mean I've I've known a lot of people in my life that have like worked really hard for what they've gotten, and like I've also known a lot of people in my life that have a shitty circumstance and are kind of just like, oh, well, like this is my life now and I really don't know what to do about this. And you are one of the people that I've met that really persevered through all kinds of bullshit that you've heard that I've heard and like 
like I you have to tell your story about living in New York because that was a time where I was like, holy shit, this bitch yep. is strong. When you sent me the questions, I definitely jotted that down. So I, I, I think it relates really well into this episode. So I definitely do want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, well, first of all, thank you. That like, oh, that means a lot. Um, but I can't say I, I disagree with you because I, I you know, I, I like to think that is how I live my life. And I feel like I get that from my mom who um, not taught me like anything is possible, but was, I, I guess like growing up, I saw her go through all those motions and I saw her like just get through life and, and work hard and, and do what she needed to do. And I think I've carried a lot of that with me. Some might call it like grit. I know that's like a big buzzword right now. I've just always been very determined, I think, over overall. It kind of sounds a lot like failure just wasn't an option. An option. Yeah, and, and I let myself fail. I do. Like, I don't think failure is inherently a bad thing. I just, like, I have goals and aspirations, and I work f- towards them every single day. Like, they're, oh, I, I do take days off where I'm just, like, watching Netflix in bed all day. But I like to think I'm very goal-oriented, and there are things in life that I want. I think I, think I know what I want. I think it took me a while to realize some of the things I wanted, but overall... I've just always wanted to achieve things and and achieve smaller goals. And now I'm at a point in my life in my mid-20s where I have a larger goal in mind of like, of and what all that means, whatever. There's all these like smaller goals that lead to inherently a bigger goal. And I've always kind of just been a go-getter since I've been young. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm a little ambitious. I'm a little perfectionistic. I, I think it all kind of makes a perfect storm of like how I live my life is just getting through it and and working towards the things that I want and not saying that failure isn't an option but definitely being like well I'm gonna get this because this is what I want and I'm just gonna take the steps to do it it sounds a lot like goals have just always been important to you having goals achieving goals working towards goals even if there's a little bit of failure along the way it's not so much about like it being perfect all the time but more so about working towards something yeah I think I think probably that's just how it's always been for me before I even realized that I was a goal-oriented person. I just think I always have been without knowing it. It was like when I was young, I like, oh, I wanted to get an A plus on my homework. I wanted to have straight A's on my report card. I wanted to be accepted into like AP class. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of my childhood and growing up like was very education oriented. Like that was like my main thing in life. Like I just freaking loved school outside of school it was like okay I like art I want to get good at painting I like music I want to learn an instrument like it was I've always wanted to achieve things and set my, and I set my mind to them and I'm not perfect like <laughs> I can barely play guitar but but I gave it a shot you know and and I got I got okay at it like I learned a little bit along the way and back in the day I might have thought I was pretty good I, now I think I'm not in the grand scheme of things but um yeah with theater same thing like um like I want to do theater. I want to learn how to do a sound thing. Like I want to like, what does this mean? Um, yeah, I've just always had, I think curiosity and, and goals and just, that's just always transferred into like every aspect of my life, I guess. What's interesting about that for me is that I can relate to that in some ways, but I think one of the things that I realized looking back on my life is that when I wanted to give up on something, my mom was just kind of like, okay, like we're going to, that's fine. And I think that that kind of coddling 
she kind of did that in terms of our financial situation as well. Uh, there were, there were times where we didn't have a lot and I wasn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. Blissfully unaware. Same. Really? Yeah. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. Okay. So I guess I have to give a little bit of background on like what my life kind of looked like throughout the years. You know, I, I was born in Lima, Peru. That's where we lived. And my mom divorced my dad and just moved to the U.S. with like, I don't know exactly how much money, but it was like cash. Like she didn't have like any money really, except whatever she had on her. I guess in that sense, she was like starting from the ground up at age. I think she was 28 at that point. Um, and, and I was five and my sister was two. So, yeah, so we came to Miami, Florida. Um, we stayed with with my aunt for some amount of time. I, could, I couldn't tell you how long because I was so young. And then right around the time where it must have been like sometime after kindergarten, but definitely before like first grade, was finally working and had saved up enough living with her sister, um, the three of us living at my aunt's house, that um, well, she was able to rent a one-bedroom apartment. My mom was sleeping on like a pull-out couch in the living room. Me and my sister shared the one room with my grandma who lived with us at the time to kind of facilitate my mom's having to take care of me and my sister because obviously we couldn't afford daycare or any of that. And yeah, she was like working two jobs, like working so much. So I, obviously at that time we were like extremely financially unstable. My mom, like I said, had built herself from the ground up in terms of moving here and like you know I think she like ended up taking like a like an English class like you know and then applied for like two jobs and was working two jobs and all this stuff but at, at that point I was five six I didn't know mm -hmm. I didn't know like that how bad that situation was right not I mean not a bad situation I mean we had a roof over our heads we had food we had family like it was fine but my mom was really working her ass off and man I didn't realize that until years later you know well a few years into that maybe not even a few years like a couple years into that maybe one or two she meets um her second husband of course, <laughs> the unity of marriage means that you now have a second income. Mm -hmm. So we were able to move into a, a, a slightly bigger apartment, you know, your standard kind of like average two bedroom apartment, kind of spacey, kind of roomy. Um, I remember that first apartment being really, really, really tiny. Again, at the time, seemed fine to me. Like I, I shared a room with my sister. I was probably around like seven, eight years old. Things were fine looking back on it now yeah that kind of sucks uh, like a uh, a family living in like a little shitty apartment I mean it wasn't shitty it was fine but I think I can look at this so many ways though like while there are other people who at that age had an a beautiful home and had parents who had great jobs at that point my mom's second husband and my mom herself had crappy whatever jobs I mean they weren't like terrible but they weren't luxurious either. I think they both work in food, ser food service, excuse me. But I also knew a lot of kids that had it way worse than me. I don't know. I've, I've always viewed it that way. I've never been like, I'm a victim of like not having money. It's like, I think at the time I was pretty blind about it. I was a kid. But looking at it now, it was like, I still had a roof over my head. I still had a family that I was happy with. Like things were fine. Things were okay. Um, eventually we moved into a house like... I think I really, throughout my childhood, experienced my mom really building herself up from the ground. Like I said, like she was able to, like we were able to afford a house and like it was great. And there were even like 
in like late middle school, early high school, like my mom gave me an allowance. Like that was cool. I felt rich, like compared to everything. Like, you know, like I'd go to the mall with my friends and she'd give me 40 bucks and it was fine. Um, eventually my mom and her second husband divorced and that put us like way back down again. Um, my house got foreclosed on and we had to like move back into this other house that we had been renting out and things kind of got shitty again financially. But by that point I was a teenager. Um, I was in high school already. This was around ninth grade. Um, and then after that, I, I went to college and I moved out. So at that point, I kind of had to do things for myself. Unfortunately, the divorce and the foreclosure, um, my mom had to have like a sort of tough talk with me and be like, your college fund is non-existent now. And that was kind of soul crushing one because I, you know, how sweet, like I, my whole life, there wasn't extra money. There was money. It was fine. But I didn't know my mom had been saving for me to go to college and to hear like, oh, well, it doesn't exist anymore was like, well, I guess I never knew it existed in the first place. So it's not that important, but man, that would have been cool to have. Um, so I kind of just had to figure it out myself from like age 18 onwards. So when, when, when would you say that you first became aware of privilege? Ooh, okay, like privilege in general. Yeah. Um, definitely when I went to college. Yeah. Um, and going to the questions that I asked, what does privilege mean to you when you started to realize that that was a thing? What do you think that meant to you? Yeah. Wait, can I take back my last time? I think I was aware of what privilege was loosely kind of um, around middle school, actually, because okay. I had a friend who was obviously like pretty well off. I would say like, like I would say like upper middle class in terms of like family income, I guess. I think that's when I started realizing like, oh man, she got nice things. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I wasn't like totally aware of what that meant in the grand scheme of things. Right. But yeah, then in college. Um, so I guess privilege to me means, okay, this is going to be difficult. And I'm going to like, listen back to this and hate myself for giving this answer. Cause it's not going to be what I want to say actually. But I guess it's almost like having some sort of advantage that you just, that you just are born with or are, are given, for example, financial stability. Like if your parents worked really freaking hard and then you're just like born into money, yeah. like, you know, um, education is a privilege, you know, it's, it's something that like you have like the privilege of having like that. Not everyone else has that, that puts you in an, 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 at an advantage, like not everyone in this world gets educated. Not even, not even everyone in America gets educated. And that's really, you know, that's really sad to me because I really value that. But even in like race, gender or gender identity, I should say, sexual orientation, things like that in this country, unfortunately, depending on what you what you are or how you are born into this world or whatever, um, it has its privileges and, right. and, and disadvantages, I guess. Is that how you say it? I don't know. So what I said was having the ability to not need to worry about certain things that really affect other people's lives in a pretty dramatic way. Having what others don't and acknowledging that, that's, I think, the key is that there's, like, blatant disregard of your privilege and just being like, woo, look at all my money. And there's, I am well off. I have things that other people don't have. And I'm aware of that. And I'm aware that I have something that someone else doesn't have. 
And I think that being aware of that is what I think is important when you do have privilege. Yeah, but I feel like sadly not everyone. Like like some people might not think their race is privilege is a privilege. For like sure. you know, yeah. some I don't want to generalize. There are some like men out there who say that they are not privileged in any way just because they are a man. There are straight people who say that they are not privileged in any way because they're straight, but that is I personally disagree with that. <laughs> I personally think that yeah, these things do give you privilege. I think we as privileged individuals, the best thing that we can do f- is to acknowledge privilege. And yeah, a lot of people don't do that. And I think that if anybody that's listening to this isn't sure what to do with their privilege, that is like the that's one thing that Camila talked about when not on the podcast, but when her and I were talking one day when I used to work at Triad. She, I was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I'm white. How do I help? And she was like, acknowledge yeah, your privilege. She's right. And know and use that to voice for, to advocate for other people that don't have that. And I think that the same, I think the same can go with, with wealth and, and having money because it's just, it's becoming increasingly more apparent how difficult it is to swallow the fact that there are so many people that just don't, that Mm -hmm. have to go without. Yeah. I think also the word privilege has a lot of stigma around it where people think like, oh, well, you're just trying to victimize yourself. Like we're all out here working hard. Like, like, you know, they think it's almost like a points game in a way when it's not like I, I realize myself no matter what, like I'm an immigrant I was like my family was not financially stable I'm a woman like there's all these things that I think people have privilege over over those things other people have privilege over those things but I don't think of myself as a victim and I also realize that I have many privileges that people don't have I have a roof over my head I am educated I can support for myself I have a job like I you know I mean I'm not going to start listing all my privileges but I have a lot of privileges too and I think a lot of people when when discussing privilege I think there there's there are people that are like you're just trying to be a victim like like we we're all working hard like we nobody gets things handed to them and it's like that's cool but like everyone has privileges no matter what I think that there is some truth to that but I think that there's a lot that's also false about that the second question that I asked was how has money or a lack of money affected you or your family in your life? I said, I've been very lucky to have parents who have helped me out in every step of the way in my life from tuition for school to gas money and groceries. And it has made me able to solely focus on getting an education, bettering myself and becoming the person that I hope to be. That was all able to happen literally because I was handed everything. And I think that people don't always acknowledge that when you get handed stuff, it does make your life a lot easier. I think a lot of it just has to do with like empathy and compassion though, because like I can be mad at a straight white man for having more privilege than me because inherently being a straight white person makes him more privileged than me. I mean, I'm also straight, but I am a Latina immigrant woman. Um, and that 
you know, people are racist and sexist and that's a thing. Um, but like he might be, but he, he, I might be better off than him financially or, and he might have a disability and I don't like, you know? So I also, I also try my hardest to think about those things. I don't always because I'm not perfect mm -hmm. and I'm like angry about a lot of things um, because, because these privileges make the world unfair at times and and i carry a lot of that emotion with me on a day-to-day -day basis yeah and i mean it's hard not to when you're trying to achieve a goal and there's all this stuff in the way that you for the most part only have so much control over like that and especially financially like there is just not everybody is given the opportunities that people who have money are given and the thing is, too, is people can say, oh, you can you can work for you can get there. You can work for that. But a lot of the times, no matter how hard somebody works, they pretty they it's going to be very difficult for them to get to the place that this other person got to that was just handed everything. Yep. Sometimes we have to work twice as hard and get half as far, mm -hmm. you know. OK, so you've moved from Peru You've lived in the tiny apartment, had the house, had the other house. Now you're 19, going to college. What now? Don't have a college fund. Yeah. <laughs> how does that, how, so what happens? So like a lot of this is like very just like naive of me, but I was like, I want to go to this really cool art school which is notoriously known for not giving much financial aid. But I want to go there. And just because of the way that I was when I was younger, it was like I didn't really give myself another choice. It's it not not like, like oh, I'm going to fail at this or I'm not. It was just like, this is the choice. Like, there is like no no other option. Right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. So, yeah, so I apply for the school. I interview. I nail the interview. They are, like, really excited to have me. All this stuff. Everything's, like, really happy. And then I end up, like, not getting <laughs> enough money to go. Mm. Um, so... I feel like some people may have may have just felt a huge sense of defeat and failure at this point, but not I. I felt a little defeated, but I was mostly like, okay, well, what the hell can I do? Like, what? Okay, we're going to do things. We're going to make this happen. So I got in contact with the department head and I explained the situation and he was like, come anyway. Like, just on moving day, just show up and we're going to figure this out. Um, an, a sane person may have probably said, I'm not going to drive 800 miles to, like freaking city that i've only been to once in my life and just like bring all my stuff with me as if i'm gonna move in with the chance of maybe it not happening but i somehow convinced my mom like actually and and my mom's third husband my who she's currently still married to who's like an awesome person he went with us my sister went with us and we just went like fully knowing that there was a chance that it might not work out um and it, it did um i Again, very privileged and very lucky to have met David, um, this department head I just mentioned, who was like, hey, we need to have this girl in the school because she's really good and awesome and, and I really want her to be here. And so he was able to pull some strings. I was able to like, it was almost like I was defending my case. I like met with Jamie and the dean at the time and it was like, I really want to go here. I think this is going to be really beneficial. I think I'm really like, I think I'm going to bring a lot to the table if I go to this school and all this stuff. And they were able to make some calls to financial aid. They were like, here's some work you got to do. We're going to do some work. We're going to make this happen. And in the end, I was able to get a scholarship essentially for the rest of the stuff I couldn't cover. So 
I went to the school that I couldn't afford and I, you know, part of the tuition was room and board. So like that was covered. I had a meal plan that was covered. So like I would say the first year that I was here was fairly easy because like I lived on campus. Everything that I needed to survive was there. I didn't have a whole lot in my dorm. I literally just like went to Walmart and bought some bed sheets, and like that was it. And yeah, I would say like that first year was easy. Like every now and again, if I needed to like go to Walmart to pick up some stuff, like you know what dorm living is life. It's like pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would like transfer forty bucks into like my bank account, but I did have work study, so that helped very minimum wage very little hours a week but I still had like a little bit of income coming in from that like I I did work study throughout all four years I also worked incredibly hard to keep really good grades and to keep applying to these like merit scholarships so so the great thing about school of the arts is that there's these merit scholarships where like if you do well basically if you're like liked and do well and like are a good student, essentially, like, hey, here's a scholarship for the next year. You can't apply for it your first year, obviously, because they don't know you yet. But I applied for that and got it every year. I ended up getting, like, these dean scholarships, which were, like, special case because they knew I couldn't afford to be there. But by then, I had already proved myself to be, like, a really good student and, like, a really essential part of the department. And, you know, not to sound, like, so self... I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think faculty wanted me to be there because I showed that I was a really good student and I showed that I was going to graduate and and carry the name of School of the Arts with me and and I think they wanted me to do that because you know at the end of the day School of the Arts is a company and a business and they need people out there who carry that name who are going to be good and I think I think they saw that in me and I think they invested in me to be there so that I could I could be a graduate of their school. I think the most important thing that I'm gathering is that you do not let your lack of privilege dictate what you were going to accomplish. Oh, no, never. N- never, like, in any facet of my life. Like, I've never been like, oh, well, I'm a woman and, like, things are worse for me, so, like, might as well not try. <laughs> like, it's almost like this whole, like, I want to prove people wrong. Like, I want to be, like, a woman badass CEO. Like, I want, like, you know. Would you say that your experience with going to college, not sure if you were going to be there, getting the financial aid, getting through, getting your degree. Would you say that that experience is one of the more important experiences in your life that dictated the things that you did post-graduation? Yeah, in a way, yes. I, I think, again, like, I can speak about how, like, much of a hard worker I am, but at the end of the day, like, I wouldn't be where I am without, like, people believing in me and and luck, I feel, has something to do with it. And also naivety, like, like I just had to be so incredibly naive <laughs> to be like, this is just going to happen, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? And I think I care, I still, I still carry that with me. Um, I still get to do things because other people believe in me. I think a lot of it has to do with like meeting good people, making a good impression, getting along with people. I, like I wouldn't have gotten anywhere in life or have a lot of the experience I've had without without the generosity of others and without just trying. It yeah, sounds like yeah. you just went for it. I do. I I do just go for it, and you know things happen. I don't know. Like I I don't have like a formula. No, like yeah, I just no. try. I, think I just would... try, and I meet really great people along the way who then end up helping me sometimes in more ways than they know. Yeah. So. As we know in this life, yay, I got through college <laughs> by the skin of my teeth, made it. But it is not all roses and flowers and 
sometimes the magic luck does run out. So the next question that I asked was, what kinds of experiences have you had in your life where money was the stressor? So nearing my adulthood is when I was more conscious of the fact that money makes the world go round. <laughs> you know, I think I always had some understanding of it. Like, like when I was like really young, I didn't really think about it. When I was like adolescent, I remember being aware of it and like weirdly telling my sister things like, oh, we can't afford that, you know, without really knowing what all that meant. Right. Like, right. cause I was just like more aware that there were people out there who made more money than like what my family income was. Do you think maybe it also was like you heard your mom say that before? Strangely enough, I think my mom did a really good job at like never letting me know what the situation was. Yeah. Like I think like she didn't, treat me like it like a stupid child like I think a lot of times she was up front because she had to be and because she she wanted to be but I don't know I think that weirdly came from me just like realizing like oh I'm I I think we're a little poor Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know like I actually I have a funny story about wanting an iPod (laughs) for Christmas um this was like okay so I remember I like mentioned how like we actually like I watched my mom build herself up and when she was in a relationship with her second husband like they actually we actually got to a place where we were pretty financially stable but after their divorce I remember like asking for an iPod for Christmas and my mom being like no I don't think so and I thought she was joking because I thought she was gonna surprise me with it and then it was actually that she just like couldn't afford a hundred dollar iPod for us for Christmas um so that was like kind of again like these like adolescent moments where I'm like realizing like oh wait like situation's not really what I thought it was so I think that's where the the conscious I think I think I stopped asking for a lot of things that I maybe wanted but again like in adolescence and in childhood like money is just so materialistic going back I still had a roof over my head I still had like all these things whereas like in adulthood um it's like I have to pay bills (laughs) I have to pay rent I have to pay for um like the doctor's visits I have to pay for my car like there are like so many more things that are an issue if you don't have money I I guess <laughs> I guess I have to tell the New York story now. You have to tell the New York okay. story because listen guys, I know there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are my friends that live in New York. And I love you guys. But this is why this isn't the only reason why. But this story is why I second guess no. ever moving to New York. Oh my gosh, please don't. New York is a great place. It's if you're a great like place for, to visit. And then it. when you sit in what you think is water on the subway, <laughs> you want to leave immediately. Yeah. So like I said, I worked really hard throughout college. I made a lot of really good connections. I had a lot of people vouching for me and my work ethic. So I got handed, again, very privileged. I got handed a really good opportunity, which was that... Uh, Um, a sound designer emailed a faculty member who was like, hey, you got any seniors who want to work on a Broadway show with me? And the faculty was like, hey, Maria, would you be interested in this? And I said, well, yeah, that sounds fucking amazing. Um, Again, I understand. Very, 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 very privileged. (laughs) Not everyone has that opportunity. So um, I got in touch with this guy. Um, We, you know, we talked a little bit about like, what I knew and like what I wanted to get out of this internship and blah, blah, blah. He was like, well, it's unpaid, which was like soul crushing. And I, like at that point I was like, I probably can't take this if it's unpaid. Um, but he was like, um, I'm going to send you the calendar so that you can take a look at the dates and see if they work out for you. 
And I was like, okay, cool. I get this email with the production calendar for Hamilton, an American musical. What? <laughs> so I freak out and I was like, well, now I have no choice. Like, I have to do this. Um, so this was when it was still at the public when I got this email and it was soon to be moving to Broadway. So I freak out and this internship starts literally two days after my graduation. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to New York. How am I going to do this? I have no money. <laughs> like, So I told my mom and she's like, sweetie, that's an amazing opportunity. I'm so proud of you. I think she even cried. She's like, but like, I don't, how are you going to do this? It's New York. It's really expensive. So I was like, I'm just going to like, it was again, kind of like 18 year old me being like, I'm just going to go to school of the arts. I was like, I'm just going to go. So I ended up doing a GoFundMe me um and i think i ended up raising like close to 500 or 600 dollars which was like great this is so much money not do not go to new york with 500 dollars just don't do it just don't do it guys i had a designer that i worked with that used to say when you're in new york if your foot crosses the threshold in your apartment just twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. <laughs> twenty dollars you spend. Your foot crosses, even your toes. Twenty dollars. So I'm like, I have five hundred dollars. I'm gonna go to New York. Like, like there's this, <laughs> there's this whole. Oh my god. Oh, it's there, no, it's this John Mulaney bit about Motown <laughs> when, they, when they're like a whole hundred dollars for my song. Sign me up. And I just, I basically, I got Motown. Like. <laughs> oh god um so anyway so i mean again i'm telling you the naivety thing it's not always great um so i'm like i i can make this work like i'll pick up side jobs and like all of this thing um i end up i end up getting again thanks to some of the people in my life who don't know how much they help out this one girl i knew from school put me in touch with her friend who needed to like rent out a, a room in her apartment for super cheap so i ended up um finding a I was in a three-bedroom apartment with a girl I didn't know but the room was like six hundred dollars it was in Washington Heights it was a pretty pretty all right apartment the commute kind of sucked but that's New York for you so I was like okay six hundred a month that means and and the internship is three months long that means I need to somehow make sure I have six hundred dollars every month at the bare minimum I have like I think I actually my GoFundMe got up to 600. So I think with my GoFundMe I was like, great, this is the first month's rent. And then my mom and my grandma, bless their souls, were like, here's a gift because you worked so hard. It's your graduation gift and they gave me $500. So like I said, my mom may not have been able to pay my tuition and all this stuff, but like she always 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 have like has helped me out and has always want like, you know, it's not like she didn't pay my tuition cuz she didn't want to. Like she wants to help out and she always has in the ways that she can she's able to um so anyway so i have like a total of a thousand dollars i think at this point i also got back my security deposit from the house i was renting that year so i had like two hundred dollars there and then i saved like a hundred dollars just from working so i had like all this like you know i maybe had like a total of a little over a thousand dollars um and the sound designer agreed to pay for my metro pass which was like 200 and something dollars every month that i didn't have to think about because he just paid for it needless to say it was really freaking hard um my first first off like the job wasn't what I wanted it to be. It, it, 
you know, it wasn't what I needed at the time. I think it would have been great for someone who wasn't coming out of school of the arts who needed to have that experience of like, let me watch what everyone does. But I was at a point in my life and in my career where I just needed to be working and not doing an internship. I know I think I was a little blindsided by the fact that it was Hamilton. Um, And I don't like regret being on Hamilton. Like that was a really cool thing to be a part of, but it wasn't probably the career choice I needed to make at that point in time. I needed to go out there and get a real, like get get a job, not an internship, especially not an unpaid internship at that, which I don't think unpaid internships should be a thing. Cause like, that's like, I have a whole problem with that, but um, I was struggling because I wasn't getting, I didn't have any money and, or I had only the money that I brought with me. Um, rent took up most of that money. And then I realized that um, I had all these other expenses I had to do, like food, which is really expensive in New York. Like going grocery shopping is really expensive in New York. And everything was just a hassle. New York is not for me. I'm not just, I'm just not the type of person to thrive there. Um, and I never really wanted to move to New York. I just thought this is what I had to do with my career because I was like, well, obviously, like I have to go to New York and do an internship on Hamilton. Like, duh. When now I probably just should have done something else. Um, so things got really hard and I ran out of money, basically. <laughs> I was going through a lot of really difficult mental health stuff just because of how rigorous the schedule was. I was in a long distance relationship. I was away from my family who were going through a lot too. And I was just very stressed out about a lot of things and also running out of money, which is like terrible. It was just like probably the worst time in my life so far. So like I said, the internship lasted from like mid-May to mid-August. And in July, I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I feel terrible. I have no money. Oh, I took I took a side gig during Hamilton. So there was two weeks of load-in where I really couldn't do much. And I um, another designer I had worked for was like, hey, can you come assist me on this show? And I like begged the Hamilton people and they let me and it was kind of awkward because they didn't want me to but I was like I literally have no money like if you don't let me do this I'm gonna have to leave and so they were like fine go do it so I got paid for that long story short at the end of Ju- or at the beginning of July I was like this is the worst thing that's ever happened I feel terrible I feel crazy everything is shitty I am in the worst place I've ever been and <laughs> I'm running out of money like so I literally had to make a choice I was like it's July If I pay my August rent, my money will be gone. I don't know what, like, what do I do then? Like, if I literally have no money, like, at the, once I pay rent for August, how am I, how, like, I couldn't see a foreseeable way of, like, how I was going to make it past August if I paid that rent, you know? And I was like, and I'd hate this internship. Sorry, Hamilton. Great show. Amazing. Love it. I just hated the internship. So I hated the internship and... I was like, well, I'm going to like, I'm going to have to leave. Like I cannot pay this. If I pay my August rent, I will become homeless probably after August. Like I just, I couldn't see another option out. I mean, like, sure. Like I had a ton of friends, like they would have let me crash with them. It wasn't like as dire as I'm making it sound, but I also didn't want it to get to that either. So I was like, okay, so I have enough money. (laughs) I like was doing all these calculations. I was like, the money I have can either go to rent or I can use it to rent a car and just drive south. And then and then I'll still have some money left to like figure out what to do from there. So I was like, I could drive to Florida, 
but I'd probably make like I'd probably get stuck in Florida if I if I had driven to Florida I'd probably get there and then my mom would have been like okay well live at home and I would have said okay because that was free and then what and then like who the fuck knows I knew right off the bat I didn't want to do that because there was a reason I went to school out of state is because I didn't like living there and I didn't want to get stuck there love my mom love my family I just not the place for me yeah and that that would have totally defeated all the hard work that you had Mm -hmm. done to get yourself through school and just wasn't your that's not your go that's not your go forward attitude that you've had your whole life Mm -hmm. so I was like okay well Winston is a place that I really come to love. Like I was so sad to leave it after after graduating. I really like it there. I know people there. Like I could probably find a place to live pretty easily. Rent is hella cheap. Living in Winston is just cheap in general. And, you know, it kind of helps that I knew, like I had friends there and that my boyfriend at the time lived there. So I was like, that doesn't seem too bad. Like I don't really, you know, there's this whole stigma about School of the Arts. It's like when you graduate, you got to go do great things. And I was like, um, I, I felt really oddly about returning to Winston because I was, I felt like, like I had failed. Um, but I was like, this is probably what's going to be best for me. So I was able to f- crash out a friend's house or not crash. Like I paid rent for like, I think I stayed there for like two or three weeks and I paid something like $175 or something for that. That was fine. Um, so I was able to stay at my friend's house while I found a place. I found a place really fairly quickly for really cheap rent. And I, in the, in the two weeks or the three weeks that I was at, crashing at my friend's house before I found my place I just went downtown and started applying for jobs I was like I don't really care and I like knew I didn't want to do like anything totally humiliating <laughs> like I was like I'm gonna true but but I really I wasn't looking for like a theater job or a sound job I was just like I need a job because I've I I don't have much money left um so again people who don't realize they helped me as much as they did my landlord who like when I found the new place I told her my situation and I was like I can't pay you the security deposit I can pay you the first month's rent but I won't be able to pay you the security deposit for another two months and she was okay with that and (laughs) you don't come across that very often because if I had to find a place where I need to pay a security deposit and the first month's rent I didn't have enough money for that at all um so again like I'm so lucky in those ways that I've just been able to survive through sheer luck and through the goodness of other people. So, um, yeah, so I found a job. I, so I, I signed on to this lease in August of 2015 into this new house. had a really cool roommate. I found a job at a mellow mushroom, which was kind of demeaning and I hated it, but it was a job and it paid. I was able to pay my security deposit by October. And then I got my other job at Aperture, which I'm still at because that has turned out to be like my favorite job I've ever had. Um, and I got to do a lot of really cool creative stuff with it. And now I'm only working there. I, I worked at Mellow Mushroom for a year, even though I wanted to quit so many times. But I told myself, I'm like, one year, Maria, one year, just one year. Um, eventually, I saved enough money to buy myself a car or lease a car, which is super cool because one of those like not having not being financially stable like growing up, I didn't get a car when I was 16. I didn't get a car until I was literally like 24, 23, 24. Um, and I bought it like, and I worked for it. And like, that's been one of the most rewarding things is like, I'm, you know, because of the situation I was in, I was forced to not forced to like in a bad way, but it was just a reality of things. I just had to financially support myself since leaving home. I just had to, because that's just what it was. But there's this 
sense of I like pride <laughs> like getting emotional like I'm so proud of myself that like I have a house that I rent and that I leased my own car and that I have like all these things that I worked for myself you know yeah and I think that <laughs> anyone listening to this can feel that and knows that they can go for it like privilege while it is a thing we are not saying that it's not a thing and we're not saying that it's not important to acknowledge that privilege is a thing. Lack of privilege does not mean bad life. You will have nothing. You will get nowhere. It might take a little bit more work, but that, and that's fine. And that does not devalue what anyone accomplishes just because it took, just because somebody didn't hand it to them. Yeah. The funny thing is, um, after New York, which you can say it was a traumatic experience at the very least, um, I did have to go to therapy where I learned that my number one anxiety inducing thing in life is money. Yeah, dude. And you know, what's really <laughs> awesome is that you went to therapy and you figured that out. And that's another Not without the help of my therapist. I yeah. would have never like I just thought I was stressed out about life all the time when and then we were able to pin it down to money is like the my number one stressor my number one cause of when I freak out and have panic attacks yeah that kind of that that's just like any other that's just like the the stress about money itself you could just let that be what happens the the stress itself you could just let that be what happens but you chose to take the initiative to go to therapy and I think that there, I mean, I could say for myself that that's something that helped me in my life. So Therapy we advocate the for therapy on this <laughs> on this yes. podcast. And it, while it is very expensive, yeah, it is a that is a it privilege. Is a, therapy is a privilege. Therapy for is sure. a huge privilege. But if you are able to figure out a way to do that, figure out a way to go to therapy. If you feel like you need therapy, go to therapy because it can be really awesome. And if it's not for you, you don't have to keep going because it's expensive. So don't keep going. Don't get me wrong. I'm really thankful for everything that I have. <laughs> but my answer to this to this question, um, what kinds of experiences have you had in your life where money was the stressor? I'm very thankful for everything that I've been given. I am fully aware of how awesome my life is because my mom and dad help me. But my stress is that if I get into those kinds of situations, the only the only button that my brain knows to push is to call my dad and get money. And that's not good. Like, I'm thankful that I have that. It's awesome. It's really, really freaking awesome. What your life gave you was very difficult, but it's much more valuable than any amount of money that my parents can give me because I just think that while I'm really grateful for that I wish that I this sounds so like stupid no but, but I wish hard. that I, I wish that I had some kind of struggle that taught me how to do the kinds of things that you did but I think it's what I'm really trying to say is that there's some really solid value in the idea of doing it yourself. And I get nervous that my privilege is all I have. 
and that I'm not, I'm not going to know what to do if I get into a crap situation. And when I finally get out of school again, how I'm going to have to be an adult and pay for my own. I, I paid, I paid rent for myself for a year, one year. And then I went to school and that was what my parents always told me is if you're in school, we'll pay for everything. But after I graduate grad school, that's over. Yeah. I, I mean, that's always so hard to navigate because like, I want to be in a place where like, if I have kids, I can provide everything for them right? because I didn't have that. But then, you know, I also want them to be responsible and like, know that like you have to work for things. So like how, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. a really it's, tough road to figure out. Yeah. Ever since I met you and I've like heard your story, I've been making a concentrated effort to figure out a way to not only be like, yes, I'm privileged, acknowledge that, but figure out a way to not let that be the hill that I live on for the yeah. rest of my life. You don't have to let that define you. Just like I don't let my situation, my underprivilegedness define me. You don't have to let your privilege define you either. That is true. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Me too. Thank you so much for coming on. Now, immediately go home and edit this. No. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> uh, okay. I no, think- I had I had a lot of fun. It was it was kind of cathartic and it was fun to just you know i i feel like i've been able to talk about these tidbits with a lot of people in my life but i've never been able to say it in like a narrative as a whole so it was kind of nice to like lay it out there as a story telling those stories is going to help other people i hope so yeah i think that like i mean i was i'm inspired by like to (laughs) to this day i'm still inspired by all of the perseverance that you have displayed in your life and i think that other people you inspire me too no thank you guys so much for listening and i hope that you were able to get something out of this episode maybe about the opposing sides of privilege and the ways that it affects people or simply being truly grateful for what you have and never giving up on the things that you really want just because they seem a little bit out of reach and of course I want to thank Maria so much, not only for being the guest on this episode, but also for all the things that she does for this podcast. And it probably would not exist without her, to be honest. She's amazing. And I'm so glad that I have her. You can find more episodes of Who Knows on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. That's the podcast app. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Taylor Dankovich, edited and co-produced by Maria Wortel. Our music this week is by Colin Nance and Chris Williams. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can send an email to podcastwhoknows at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We are always taking suggestions about things to talk about on the show. Uh, We want to talk about everything. So let us know what you want to hear about. We also have an Instagram page, which is at whoknowspodcast. Um, that'll be a really good place to find out about what our next episodes are going to be and other updates we might want to send out there. We are also on Facebook now. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at who knows with a question mark. Thanks again for listening. Who knows who's out there, but you rock and I love you. Thank you so much. In 
you can be a new man. <laughs> or you can be poor and fucking die on the street. 